0: we will be breaking down the Celtics versus the Sixers at the tail end of this segment we'll also be talking about the Lakers but the biggest thing about tonight is our first mock draft and of course you know what that means you know who's joining me Luke Alves what up Luke
1: what's up man I'm actually very interested to see how uh this first mock draft goes and uh definitely look back at it and see how we moved a bunch of people and all that. So it'll be very interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I, I haven't gone back and looked at our previous ones, but
1: um,
0: I feel like there there probably had to have been some, some evolution, some player movement, um, especially like as we delved in deeper into the draft. um, Like, I mean, I I don't think either one of us had Kevin Herter going 19. Um, Maybe we did like, uh, like late um but like definitely not early, so like this is obviously one of the early drafts uh early mock drafts, so we'll we'll you know there there will be an evolution to this process um and the combine does a lot uh to to um either raise or or, or lower people's um status uh but before we jump into that i I do want to talk to Lakers a little bit just a bit because. This Lakers team, uh, well, they play the Hawks tonight, and it's their final game before the All-Star break, and they're currently 28-28, and 28, 500, um, and two games behind the Sacramento Kings for the eighth seed. They got that big win against Boston, which was sure fucking luck. I mean, the, the way that all went down, um, that game – you know, goes to Boston nine times out of ten, if not more than that. Um, but sure enough, like they, they, you know, the ball bounced out to Rondo and he was able to hit down, hit, you know, knock down the shot. Um, but other than that, they they have not had a lot of promising things happen. Um, and and they took that momentum and then promptly got slaughtered by the Sixers and their new lineup. Um, They play the Hawks tonight. Dude, I wouldn't put it past the Hawks to get up for this game. Trey to shoot well, um, especially, like, you know, I mean, I get, like, Rondo's a good defender and everything, um, but, I mean, I I feel like Trey is kind of – Uh, Like, hit or miss, like, if you put one guy on him, he's usually really good. The double teams, he's still kind of having a little bit of trouble with, though he's kind of figured that out a little bit too. Um, But I expect Herter to have a pretty big game tonight. Um, I don't know who's going to, like, try to guard Collins in the paint. Um, Definitely not Kuzma. Um, Like, he's not going to be able to, to, like, stop him from getting rebounds. Like, I, I think the Hawks can win this game, and you know, the Lakers, they're, they're really, they really need this game, um, because they're, like I said, they're two games outside of the eighth seed, and the Kings, like, made a really good move at the deadline. Um, they ended up finishing uh, the other night with their lineup, their closing lineup, being, which is brilliant to me, uh, Fox Healed Bogdanovich at the three, Barnes at the four, and then um, uh, Colley Stein at the five. Like, you can – the flexibility that Barnes offers you because he can play the three and the four, he can start at the three, You can start Bielitsa, you can work in Bagley at the four and the five. You've got, like, a really nice eight, nine-man unit now, um, a lot of flexibility. I'm worried not worried, because, uh, I mean, I, I would actually kind of like it. Um, but I, I don't think it's very far-fetched to think that the Lakers won't make the playoffs, simply because I, I got a lot of faith in the Kings, and they already got a two-game lead uh, on the team. And the Lakers are kind of in turmoil. What are your thoughts on the Lakers right now, and, and do you think they will make the playoffs, Luke?
1: Um, I mean... I predicted at the beginning of the season. they uh, Well, actually, but, I mean, from what our bet has been going, I haven't been wanting to go with them. But, uh no, I mean, this is a big game for the Lakers, uh, mostly for Luke Walton. Um, he needs to figure out some really good rotations right now. He's finally getting back to a healthy team. They made the trade. You know, he kind of was messing around with them. They had a very, like, a terrible rotation against the 76ers. I think it was. Rondo, Lance Stevenson, KCP, Muscala, and uh, Chandler McGee. And it's like, are you expecting Lance Stevenson and KCP God, to do terrible. something out there? Like, what this are you, is what so are you bad, doing? dude. So he needs to figure out his rotations, and he needs to have his three key people out there at all times. So you need to just figure out rotations with Ingram, Coos, and LeBron. And they all need to yeah. always be out on the floor. doesn't matter what time. So. With the Hawks, luckily, I mean, don't get me wrong, you guys are a very exciting team. It's at home. Um, you know, you've lost a couple, so I could definitely see you coming in here with, a, with an edge and all that. But this is a team, if you're the Lakers and you think what you are and you, and you want to compete to the playoffs, this is a team that you – now this is your rotation. Right before we go into all-star break, let's get this win. Let's win big. Really have some demanding runs on the defensive end and offensive end and really show something out there. But I I think they might have trouble um if Collins comes out quick and he's jumping around and he's getting in the boards and all that. That's going to make them have to switch off and put LeBron on to Collins somehow to try to stop yeah. him. Yeah. Like, we'll we'll will tire out LeBron. So, we'll see how that one goes. I mean, Trey Trey's going to do his thing, but it, I I the one that I want to key in on is Collins, how active he can be on the boards. Um you guys just had a, a really bad game against Orlando Magic where you got out-rebounded big time, which is not yeah. useful. So I see I – And, can see, like, and we know, had a
0: really bad game against Charlotte too. <laughs> like we yeah, we've had well, two Kim really bad, bad games
1: against subpar Eastern teams. But, but Kim is going to do his thing. You ran into a Kimba train. I mean, plenty of teams ran into it. I've, I mean, the That's Celtics true. lost to so. Yeah. But this is the magic stuff. So I can see you guys definitely trying to get out there on the edge on the boards and making that known. Like that's how you want to win the game. So it's a big game for the Lakers. Um, now as for the playoffs, um, two games is nothing. Um, I know you said Sacramento has a two-game hold, but when you're LeBron and but the, the, Sacramento and the Lakers, is the two
0: games, As of now, the Lakers
1: nothing. own the tiebreaker too. So Okay. So even if they, like, gain, like you know, they end the time. So that's – I'm not really – they'll probably – I don't know, man, because it's those three teams right now are all floating with each other, right? Like Clippers, Lakers, Sacramento, all trying right. to battle for the last spot. So you can't have another hiccup um, in an injury. If the Lakers can stay healthy and get ball back, I can see them making the playoffs. I just can't count LeBron not in the playoffs, whatever season. Right. Even if he just skated in. So it's hard to put them against, especially Sacramento. Like, like you're saying, Sacramento's a great up-and-coming team. They're a lot of fun and all that, but it's just mm-hmm. it's Sacramento right now, and it's like it's like you have that already that mindset of like, am I rooting against them, even though I like them more? I think they're like they're like very fast, high energy, are a little bit deeper, and play a lot team like ball better. But how do you stop LeBron? If he if he's healthy, he's yeah, I a mean, healthy I, Lakers.
0: I I I struggle to bet against LeBron because it it, it backfires every time I do. So like um, like I mean, last year even like when they were playing the uh, uh, the uh, Pacers in the playoffs, like I was like, "Fuck, dude, the Pacers could beat them!" Like th- th- this could happen, and ultimately the Cavs won. Um, and and I was just like, why did I even consider this as a possibility? Um, You know, because obviously because the Pacers were really good um, and and have proven to be a good team. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's it's tough to bet against them. Um, I'll say this. If they win tonight, I will bet on the Lakers. If they lose tonight, which I think is at least a possibility, I give it about 20%. Chance that they lose tonight, um, given just the ebb and flow of the Hawks and how they play, um, and 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 they like seem to like to step up against like these um, like quote unquote better teams. Um, I, I think that I would bet against them if they if they lose this game, like if they lose to the Hawks tonight. Like, granted you know they're still going to come back they still have a slightly easier schedule throughout the rest of the year than Sacramento but not demonstrably like they they don't have like they're i think uh strength of schedule thus far I want to say the Lakers are like uh maybe 12 and the Kings are 16 so like the the like the rest of their schedule is going to be ultimately pretty close um the The Kings do have a tough stretch um over you know like coming out of the all star break, so that'll be interesting to see and how that plays out um but yeah i mean I, I I don't know i i I think it could definitely um it, it right now i I would think it could swing um against the Lakers favor and that would just be so bad for LeBron him, the Lakers, just, like, if you don't make the playoffs, dude, and, like, never mind even making the playoffs, like, you really want to get that seven seed, because if you get the eight seed, and you have to go up against the Warriors in the first round, like, that'll be LeBron's first time being a first-round exit, so, like, it, it, a lot of, a lot of things laying on the line here, I know LeBron says everything after, you know, at this point is just, Icing on the cake, and whatnot. But dude, you, you're still playing. You still got a legacy, and it, 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 like thus far, it ain't it ain't looking good. Like, because even if you make the playoffs and you get ousted in the first round, like get swept in the first round, which is a, not even a possibility, a probability. If you're playing the Warriors, like, poof, like that 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 ain't a good look. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But, uh, yeah. And, Nick, can I, I, I think it Real
1: quick. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You ready for this? If it comes down What's to that? the wire like it did last year, where teams are, like, chasing for it, listen to the Lakers' five final games, man, in April. You yeah. have at Thunder playing OKC, at Clippers, I guess that's home. Then you're going to Jazz and Trailblazers. Ooh. Yeah, like, I mean that's,
0: that's Lakers rough.
1: have a very tough schedule going forward. Like even in March, they I want to say they have one of the strongest like strength of schedule for the remaining of the year out of like all like the three teams out of the Sacramento Clippers and and then well, I think they're and, like, just,
0: yeah, it's pretty I, tough I going down then. I would say down the stretch, but like it, you know they they got some cupcake games coming up because I I don't remember who they are, but I looked at their schedule. Um, and they got they got like I think Memphis, New Orleans a couple times, which like that's the thing. New Orleans like don't discount that. Like that that's that's a, like a storyline. They played them twice, like shortly after the All Star break. And like I like dude, I wouldn't discount like fucking Drew Holiday and Julius Randall and all those guys fucking going off. Um, and like even to some extent, Anthony Davis if they play him, like even he like I mean. I I I don't think he's necessarily got like a grudge or anything, but he's gonna like he if you play Anthony Davis, he's going to give you his all. Like I don't I don't I don't think he's gonna fucking shortchange anything. So um so yeah that that could be really interesting too. It I, I think we're gonna get a better picture of this um maybe five games after the All Star break, and then we're really gonna be able to delve in and speculate. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, dude, it's going to be crazy. That And the Kings still have one remaining game against the Lakers. That game is going to be fucking huge. Like, I fuck, I hope that is, at least on NBA TV, it's some kind of um, wide broadcasting because, like, dude, I don't want to have to fucking get on Reddit to fucking watch this game. <laughs> like, it, that's going to be a big game. I really want to. I'm really interested to see that game. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, we'll see how it all plays out. But, dude, like, the fact that we're even talking right now about the Lakers potentially not making the playoffs is a little crazy. And, you know, granted, like, had LeBron not gone down with his injury, we would not be having this conversation. But, you know, it happened, and we are having the conversation. Um, I mean, I obviously think that uh, – the Anthony Davis trade rumors, you know, have had an influence on, on their play and their situation. By the way, um they're two and five since LeBron came back. They're uh I wanna say fourteen and eighteen overall since Christmas, since he went out. Um so like percentage wise they're what? What, what would that be, 12 and 13 without him? And then 2 and 5 with him? Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember these figures off the top of my head. I know the 2 and 5 is correct. Um, but, like, they like they, they kept the 500 mark or close to it anyway um, without him. They have not been good since he came back. Um, so, like, that's another thing to consider. Like, I think this Anthony Davis drama has, has – might come back to bite him in the ass. He needs to get these guys um you know playing uh playing right again and you know I I it it may be it's a new challenge for him. Um and we'll see if he can pull it off. I mean, you should never doubt him. But you sh- I mean, it, Fuck, man, there's a first time for everything. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But let's get into this mock draft. Um, All right. We're just going to do this uh, by the numbers. uh, What the current rankings are, Um, granted, with draft reform, it is highly unlikely that this will actually be the draft order. Um, But, you know, I mean, obviously, what else are we going to do right now? Um, So – Let's get into it. I'm going to go first. You'll go second, Luke, and we'll fill out these 14. New York Knicks drafting first. I don't think it's Wait, I thought questions. I had No, no, no. I got odds. You got even. Okay. No, no, You got right. even. I'm taking odds right. so I can get the Hawks picks. So
1: don't you
2: have Fair? the fourth? Yeah,
1: but no, so got you got the – oh, wait. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. I keep on forgetting this. I'm
0: sorry. Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, number one obvious fucking Zion the next they if they if they get the number one pick, they're definitely taking Zion. If anybody gets the number one pick, they are taking Zion, even if they don't need Zion, you take him because he is the clear number one overall pick, and if you don't need him, you can trade him for. Anything any other prospect that you want plus additional assets thereafter. Um so yeah, Zion Williamson. I I mean I don't think any more need be said on my part, but Luke, um what are your thoughts on the Knicks having the number one pick and taking the Zion?
1: Oh no, I mean I agree with you completely. I mean every team should take them, but Knicks are a fascinating team because it's like the high, like, you know, you're New York City and all that, the flash and the glamour and all that. I mean, what other prospect fits, like, going to the Knicks better than Zion Williams? So, I think it's, um, you know, I think he'd do really good there. Um, he'd be able to handle the media. I mean, they're going to love his dunking and all that. You know, for me, being a basketball enthusiast, I I kind of want to go, you know, away. There's other people that I think fit the team better, but you just don't skip on a kid like Zion.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, and, and I – honestly, I would say there's – the only person that I could argue maybe fits the team better is R.J. Um, but, I mean, it, let's just say, you know, you don't get KD, you don't get Kyrie, you don't get Kemba, you don't get like, any of those guys that they might be pursuing um, in the offseason. Like, I mean, Zion would fit perfectly with their young core. I mean, you got Dennis Smith. You got um, Trier and, and Milikina, um to kind of round out your guard positions. Uh, then you got Knox, and, you know, you fit Zion at the four, and then you got Mitchell Robinson at the five. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think that is, like, definitely your best fit. I, I understand, like, the spacing issue, Um, you know, especially, like, you know, for Dennis Smith, not a particularly great three-point shooter. Um, he can shoot from distance, but he's it's not like his mo. He's he's more of like an Eric Bledsoe type, um, you know. And 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 Knox, uh, you know, he he again can, but he's not he's not a great three point shooter. But I think he's he's developing that um, that game. Robinson obviously is not a three point shooter at all. Trier is um, like he, he does shoot reasonably well from range. Um but like you, you're lacking a lot of shooting, uh if you if you take um uh Zion. Uh, but I I just don't feel like you pass that up. I mean I mean I feel like you, you put him in that lineup along with those other young guys and and you, and you try to make it work and you try to, you know, get whoever you can to shoot, start shooting, you know.
1: Oh no, yeah, I mean definitely. I just my only concern was uh Knox switching to the three. I just think um, he's better at the four, so that's just my concerns coming down when you have to play, you know, a lot of small fours and all that. So, RJ kind of, you know, in my mind. But, no, you just – you don't skip Zion. Like I said, he belongs in New York. So, that's – I mean, I agree with you on everything. So, the next the next pick is um, the Suns, which, uh, surprise, surprise, they're, uh, they're here again in the top. <laughs> I mean, what do you know? Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm going to go with a smart pick in um, a position they've been searching for for a while, yeah. and they waited for uh, Tyler Johnson, who's not really a point guard, but I'm going with John Morant. I mean, he's definitely yeah. been making a name for himself. I mean, he, he came out of nowhere and just moved up the draft board. He looks like the real deal. I mean, I've been watching – a lot of his games lately. I mean, he won. a couple games ago. He had four straight threes, and it's like he's starting to show like all around everything he's got. I mean, he dunks on everyone. Yes, he dunks yes. on his over defender. So he's explosive. He's showing he can shoot. Um, I'm pretty sure he is close to leading the league in um, scoring, or one of the scoring or assists. One of the two categories. He's like I up think there, he's leading so. the
0: league in assists. I think.
1: Oh yes. Yeah, so. So, I mean, even better. So, he he's leading the league in assists. So, you're getting a point guard that can pretty much right now looks like he can do it all. So, you slide him in with Booker. Um, you know, they would rather have Zion because they, they're drooling over the thoughts of Zion and Aiton together. But I think Booker finally getting a point guard and it could take some, you know, light off him, like a little bit of defensive pressure of them, you know, trapping and double teaming up on Booker and having to focus on a point guard that can do things. So, John Moran just seems like the logical pick right here.
0: Yeah, not only is he leading the league in assists, he's averaging 10.2 assists. Second place is Um, 7.7. So, yeah, it's not even fucking close. Like, he is, like, out assisting everybody by uh, 2.5 assists. Uh, per game, so I mean that's huge. That's a huge fucking number. Um, but yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. I think Morant um, makes total sense for both uh, the Suns and the Bulls. Those are like the two teams right now that I think um, are are really hoping that you know they end up in a position to draft him because um, I mean, dude, he he just he would be great on. Um, either one of those teams, he would probably out, um, in my opinion anyway, outdo several other point guards on other teams. Um, I I feel like it, it, I would be interested to see what the Hawks would do if they were faced with um, the number three pick um, and for whatever reason, RJ and Zion off the board. um cuz I feel like he would be the I feel like there's a there's a a tier system here and I feel like in the first tier you have Zion, Ja, and RJ. I feel like those are the three guys in the top tier for me personally. Um I know some people have Zion in a tier to himself. Um I don't personally um but you know, I I I feel like those are the three guys in my top tier and I, I would be interested to see what the Hawks would do if they were faced with do we draft Jaw um, or do we take a Cam Reddish or, you know, whoever else. I mean, I, I feel like he'd be the, the natural pick, um, if, if you weren't going to take Jaw. um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be, dude, the, this draft is going to be so intriguing, especially, you know, when all the of the positions are finalized, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I think I think Jaw is definitely the guy um, for Cleveland. Uh, I I think it's obvious. Like I said, there's a top tier. It's Zion, it's Jaw, and then it's RJ. Um, and Cleveland should definitely take RJ Barrett. Um, you've already got uh, an established, uh, up and coming point guard, um, and you need uh, you know a, a wing to kind of go along with with your uh with your point guard stud. Uh and I, I think RJ would be like perfectly fit as that guy. Like, I mean he does a lot of everything. He certainly reminds me uh a lot of Brandon Ingram. Um and and you know that could go one of two ways. He could be Brandon Ingram as we've seen him or he could be the Brandon Ingram that we thought we might get um I think anybody who, you know, really compared Brandon Ingram to Kevin Durant, like, uh, was only looking at, you know, the physical stature and the fact that he was skinny. Like, his game didn't really um, project Kevin Durant. Um, but, like, RJ is a Brandon Ingram type player. He's a playmaker. Um, he's a good shooter. Uh, he he does the little things relatively well. Um I I think he makes a lot of sense, um, you know, for the Cavs if they end up with the number three pick, Uh, you know, just to kind of bolster that lineup and have a solid one, a solid three. And then, you know, you you just um, re-signed Larry Nance Jr. Um, He can be like your five. Um, Like I think, Again, today's NBA he's like a five. And so that would be like my five going forward. It's like Jetty to the four, maybe, or just have him be your backup three. Um and then start like fitting your pieces in around those guys. That's a that's a solid foundation, uh, in my estimation. Six and Barrett and um and uh um Nance, like that's pretty decent. Um like I said, work Chetty in where you can. I really like R.J. on that team. If if that is, you know, on the table for the Cavs, what do you think?
1: No, yeah, I mean, I agree with you right there. I think R.J. makes a lot of sense for them, um, not only to play next to Sexton, but also help relieve the pressure uh, off Sexton, you know, um, making right. plays, doing things for them being able to take the ball Absolutely. from, let Sexton play off the ball and all that dude's driving things, so I think they match. Also, the good thing about RJ is he can play shooting guard, so you can fight him to the two if you really kind of want to play big and keep Seti at the, at the three spot where, you know, he's been playing.
2: So that, yeah, you that's can definitely, very true.
1: You can definitely find them into that, and then, you know, your power forward and all that, you, you just figure out what you want to – who you're going with, if Love's still there, you know, might as well. I mean, if you've signed him and you can't trade him yet, might as well just put that around your team. So he makes a lot of sense. The only thing that, like, you know, kind of intrigues me is if the Cavs, if RJ's not there for him and it's Ja Morant, do you take Ja Morant? And you just tell Sexton, well, so that, that one's the big interesting one because the Cavs definitely want, I feel like, RJ or Zion. And RJ right. just fits them so well. That's I just don't know what they would go if it slipped to where they didn't have one of those two coming to them. Well,
0: and that's like what I was saying with the Hawks. It's like if you end up in that top three, and and RJ and Zion are gone, like the obvious best overall player is Jaw at that point. I mean, it's a best overall prospect. Um, you know, so what do you do? Um, you know, I, and again, if I'm the Cavs, I'm taking John ja Morant. Like I'm not fucking around. I'm taking the whoever I think is the best prospect. Now, like I will be open to trading down, like to to taking him and and trading down to like um, get you know like a, a Cam Reddish, you know, or Kelvin Johnson or something like that. Um, but you know, I I, I want adequate return for it. I want something to, you know, make me, you know, want to do that. Um, but, I mean, I think if you're either, you know, the Hawks, um, the Knicks, even, uh, you know, or I mean, and if you're the Knicks, maybe you just trade Dennis Smith Jr. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think if you're in that top three and you don't take one of those three guys – yeah, and and they really end up panning out. You're gonna be in a very precarious situation as a GM because they're kind of widely considered right now as your as your top three for good fucking reason because they've all been playing great. Um, so yeah, no, I, I mean I think that'll be really interesting too. All right, number four, what you got? All
1: right, number four was um, it was a little tough because. Um, this is where you get into the range where there's been some players that are really hyped and they've kind of been falling off and all that. And what do the Bulls need? I mean, they don't need any big guys. Some of the big guys have been playing well, so they've been on the rise. But I didn't want to go with them. I was really down to a couple of players for them um, with Culver, uh, Culver and Langford. Um, but I'm going to go with a smart pick just because I think he'll do better once he's not on the team that he's on, and that's Cam Reddish um uh he's really just been outshadowed as of lately the last two games though he's been he he's been scoring a lot more, but it's it's hard to get your shots when you're playing with r j. Barrett and Zion and when uh Trey Jones is there, it's even taking the ball out of his hands more. but I feel like once you get to the n b a the spacing and all that um he's got the best shot out of all of them so Bulls would definitely, need, I mean, they def, They j- just traded for Otto Porter. So, it's like, you know, what are you doing right there? So, that's why I was kind of, you know, Culver could could fit into there and go to the shooting guard. There's no point guard really worth taking right here. So, but in the end, um, I was, Reddish seems like the safe pick, too. He fell off. He was there for a while in the top three in that in that top tier, kind of like, he wasn't in the the you know tier with R.J. and Zion. Job just hopped up in there, but he's kind of close to them, so I feel like he'd be pretty good with the Bulls. And you could run in a lot of different lines. Put Porter at the four, and if you want to run small, even though you do have Markin and uh, Wendell Carter, but there's a lot of things you could do with that. So right now with Levine and Dunn, I just feel like you know unless they get off one of those track, uh, contract, Reddish just seems like the safe pick for them.
0: Yeah, they definitely want John Morant. Like that's the guy who like like I said, both Chicago and Phoenix really want him right now. Um but yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that uh I mean, I just I just feel like the second tier guys Cam Reddish, to me is is at the top of that list. Um like he, he, and he might even be like the last of the first tier guys if he was on any other team. But the fact that he's on Duke and he's playing, you know, basically third fiddle uh, to to Zion and RJ, it you know it limits you know what he can show us. Um, but I do think, I think, you know, I, I think you're probably getting an Otto Porter type player out of him. Um and, and you might be getting even a little bit more. Um it's 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 just tough to gauge at this point. Um and like you said, it's it's interesting that they just traded for Otto Porter. Um but nevertheless, I mean I still take him. I would probably take him and see if I can maybe trade down to get Darius Garland. Um you know, see, see like see what teams were drafting lower, like, around 7, 8, 9, 10, um, and see what team uh, maybe, y- you you know, seeing the draft order, seeing, like, what team would be picking, like, right before a team that needs a point guard, uh, that needs a small forward, and say, hey, like, you know, what kind of trade situation could we work out, you know, for us to, you know, for you to get, you know, the – you know wing that you need and for us to get the point guard that we need. Um I think that could very easily be um the situation but nevertheless like yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely taking uh Reddish at that point. All right, uh number 5 my Atlanta Hawks. And see, here's where I think it gets muddled. I don't think there's any clear number 5. I think 1 through 4, I think, you know, like I said, there's a, there's a top tier, a Zion, Ja, RJ, there's a second tier of Cam and a lot of other guys, but I think Cam's atop that second tier. I think once you get below him, it it, it gets foggy. Uh, you got Keldon Johnson, Jarrett Culver, Romeo Langford, Darius Garland, DeAndre Hunter, Miles Little. Um, there's a lot of guys right there that are kind of all bunched into the same kind of spectrum. Um, for my money, though, I'm taking Keldon Johnson. Um, both because he can play the two, he can play the three. He's six, six and a half. Uh, Like, that bodes well for not only playing time, but uh, lineup flexibility. Uh, He's got a lot of potential out of all of those kind of mid-tier guys between, like, Culver and Lankford, anyway, who are kind of like the other guys that are, tossed around as far as that number five spot. Um, I, I think Garland and, and Hunter and Little are, um, have, have moved down. Uh, well, Garland and, and Little have moved down. Hunter's kind of stayed pat um, as far as like being not quite in that top tier. It's, it, for most people, it's Culver and Lankford. Um, but Johnson shoots better from the line than both of them. He shoots better from three than both of them. Um, it, just his stats overall are better. Um, he's bigger. He's stronger. Uh, like just everything about that, I don't understand why people like are higher and in Culver and Lankford than Johnson. Um, I, I maybe it's just something that I'm missing. Um, you know, I, I granted I don't watch um, you know every Texas Tech game or every Indiana game or every Kentucky game. You know, I catch it when I can, um, but I I do you know try to follow the stats, try to follow the highlights, um, and and dude, to me like Kelvin Johnson just seems like the 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 better overall NBA prospect. Is like he kind of reminds me a little bit of Joe Johnson, um, just like in, in his build, his flexibility, um, the, like. It, the fact that, um, you know, he can create his own shot, but he he's also, like, well-equipped at, at, at playing off the ball. Um, I, I think that's the kind of guy, if I'm picking after those top four guys, if I'm the Hawks, that's the kind of guy that I want. Like, I want somebody who has a lot of flexibility, who I can, like, mold into what I need. Um, and I don't necessarily want... Somebody who in Jarrett Culver or Romeo Langford um is going to be like a true shooting guard. I already have Kevin Herder.
1: I would rather have Kelvin Johnson at that
0: point. Um what are your thoughts on that, Luke?
1: I know, I love it. I mean, I'm a huge um Johnson fan. I mean watch Kentucky, I've watched every single one of their games. You could definitely tell he's the heart out there. Um whenever they need something, or even if it's not like he's doing things like just scoring and all that. He's definitely getting his team motivated and all that. And then when he, they need the spark, he can go get it. I think for the Hawks, that'd be big next to Trey Young and all that. Like, right, you know, Young not, might not be scoring and Collins and all that and Herter, and you just throw Johnson out there and it's just like, hey, man, go get us some bucket or Go do something high energy and all that. And um, uh, who he kind of reminds me of, and I think, you know, you kind of saw the jump too. It's like
2: when
1: the NCAA is not a lot of spacing – So it's very hard for some of these players to really show what they have. And especially on a team like Kentucky, where you have where you have a center, like a true like center down there, and you have PJ Washington and all that, it's hard to get down low, but Keldon just finds his way down there and he dunks on people and and who reminds me of is Miles Bridges. Like Bridges definitely you kinda saw flashes in Michigan and then last year you got um, Jaron Jackson Jr. Where it took away from Bridges because he couldn't dunk, but right when he you know he goes to NBA in Charlotte, it's like the spacing of the floor and Bridges is just going in on some people right now. And that's who I feel like Helton's going to be. I mean, he has more athleticism than um, Culver and Romeo. I feel like um, so you're definitely getting a little bit more out of that. So yeah, he's not a true shooting guard, but like you said, I mean. I've got him listed as the shooting guard, small fork. He can switch off. He definitely – he's going to give you it all. He looks like he – he's still very young, but um, he looks like right. he has the, the bulldog mentality where he's going to give you his mm-hmm. all. And I feel like he's right. definitely – Right, and that's what I love about
0: him. He's got that fucking effort. He's got that bulldog
1: in him, man. I see that. And, and that's hard to come by, and I feel like he might jump up yeah. a little bit more, especially – Kentucky's success in the SEC championship and what they do in March Madness is all going to be on him and PJ, but mostly him, right. because he's going to have yeah. to do something high energy, and he could jump up on a lot of people's board and be, like, one of those secure, like, well, I'm getting I'm getting Johnson. It's another UK, Kentucky kid going in the top five. You know, I can mm-hmm. definitely see it. So I do not disagree with you at all right there. I Like I said, I feel like, you know, he would help out. With some of the like players around him on the hawks right now to go out there and get that spark and do something or motivate his team and really talk to him and all that hes just he's a smart player from what i you know what I've seen from him playing at Kentucky
0: yeah and I just think like all of what you said um, and i I just feel like you can play him in so many like multiple lineups. Like you can play him in just about any lineup. Like you could play him at shoot, like you said, shooting guard, smart forward. Um, but like, like that gives you so much flexibility. I mean, if you got you got Trey Herter, um, him, and then you could play Torian at the four, and then Collins at the five for like a small ball lineup, or you know you could play him at the two, and then uh, Prince Collins and Lynn. Um, like there, there's just a lot of flexibility there, which gives you a lot of ways to get him minutes, which as a rebuilding team, <clears throat> the number one priority for anybody you draft should be, how do we get them minutes? Um, well, I, mean, I wouldn't say the number one priority, but it should be a high priority on your list. How do we get this player minutes? Um, and I just think he's like so easy to get minutes. A guy like Langford or, or Culver, it's just it's slightly more difficult because I just don't, think those guys can play the three um I think they're more true shooting guards um which you know maybe you could have um Herter play the three um like I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's like asinine but I don't think it's um uh optimal either um so yeah I mean I, I just like him I, I I really do and I think you're right I think he 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 does seem to be a little more athletic. What do you think about my comp with, like, Joe Johnson? Do you do you see any of that it, it, there in him?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: even though when you said it, I was I'm muted. I'm like, oh, because, I mean, you know me with Joe Johnson. I love him. And, I, you know, I think Joe's, like, definitely, you know, he's a great player and all that. But towards the end, Joe turned it on when he wanted to turn it on, and <laughs> it was yeah. all up to him. So that's the only thing that kind of, yeah. you know, when you think about Joe Johnson. But, no, I mean – I don't. I don't have a problem with that. You know, with that comparison, like you know, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well,
0: and and like we, I feel like at the very least, you saw the, like, like, w- what I loved out of Joe Johnson, you saw when he played with Utah at the end there. Like Joe Johnson, in like at the tail end of his career was still dictating games and like getting. Buckets at the end of his career, and like I like that is the Joe Johnson that I will remember, um, both for the Hawks and you know it, with those last like, like hanging on to those last bits of fucking amazing talent that he had with the Jazz. Um, there was like a playoff game, I think, um, like that he just like won them the game, uh, like just, just pulling off ISO Joe. Um, and, and, but, but that's the thing, like, I, I feel like whether or not you, you,
2: <clears throat>
0: I feel like the the fact that like Joe never really reached his, his, I don't think he ever reached his peak because I don't even think he played on a team where he necessarily could reach his peak. I mean, we weren't the, the ball sharing team that we were until after Joe left, you Say that's because Joe left, but I, I I would almost argue that like if you ever like were able to implement that system with Joe, like it would have been so great because like you would have had this ball sharing team, but then you would have also had a guy who could just fucking get you a bucket when you needed it, and like that's what you want out of a star player. You want a guy who like shares the ball and everything else. But can just get you a bucket when you need it, like a Jimmy Butler, and like I don't know, I I think Kelton Johnson could be that guy. Um, I don't think we currently the Hawks. I don't think we currently have that guy. Herter could be that guy. Trey could be that guy. Um, but I don't I don't necessarily think either one are. I think I think Herder's best is like a catch and shoot guy. Um, I think he does have a little bit of. Um, uh, creation to him. Um I think Trey uh the, he's going to just get double teamed a lot. Um I, I I think his his best asset is his passing. I think adding a Keldon Johnson to that squad would be great. Uh but anyway, but like, it's not we're, we we can't turn this into a fucking Hawks podcast. Uh let's move on. Uh next pick, I believe it's Memphis. Uh
1: who you got? Yeah, it's the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are a tough one. It's just because um, there's someone I want to draft, but you still – them not doing anything with Mike Conley, kind of like just as like, what are you doing? I still believe they will trade him. They will trade him in the middle, um, you know, middle of summer, you know, could be at the draft and all that. But because, you know, right now you have a great piece in Jaron Jackson Jr., So what do you build around that? Usually as a a team, if you have a big, you get a small to play, you know, a point guard to play with them. And I really want to draft Garland out of Vanderbilt. Um, It really hurts that he's been injured, and, you know, we haven't really been able to see. I mean, the couple games he played, he still showed those high hopes that he showed in the Nike Hoop Summit, so all that. But just them not – trading conley yet and like are you moving on from him or are you still going to make him stick around maybe go with the yeah. safe pick and i went with jared colver um i think he yeah. fit, you know if you're, if you're playing with conley he fits what they need um he's very tall so maybe he's very like he's so like you know maybe you can slide him at the three sometimes and all that but he, he can definitely shoot um he played very good off of uh conley um We've watched him a couple of times at Texas Tech. He definitely looks like he can handle the ball sometimes, too. So that might be able to mm-hmm. help him. But in my mind, I mean, this draft for the Grizzlies, you might want to trade down or all that. I mean, this one, because what the Grizzlies are in a tough spot right now is they're moving on, they're rebuilding, but they don't have their pick necessarily in the next three years. You know, it's all protection right. this year, protection next year, unprotected. So right. you have to hit, hit. Cause you're going to miss in the middle of your rebuild. So, right. You got to hit with this one. And that's what thinks Um, Garland might be able to come out during the, um, you know, uh combine and definitely show out and, and do something and bounce back. And, you know, maybe they do draft them, but right now, since like I said, they, they still have Mike Conley on the team. I'm going to take the safe and smart pick and go with Jericho. But, uh, tech, with tech.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, it still baffles me that if the report that we heard of Rubio and um, uh, Derek Favors and a first-round pick was on the table uh, from the Jazz and they did not take that, that baffles me to to no end. Because Rubio is a reasonably good starting point guard. Like, I know you, you would have your trepidations about resigning him, at the same time, you would free up thirty million dollars in cap space. Like, like, at which point you could, you know, take on uh, other salaries that you, you know, other one-year salaries. Um, whether it be like uh, Biombo or Evan Turner or Mozgov or anybody, like to get to get draft acquisitions there. I I don't know why they would not have taken that trade. It still so baffles me. Um, like if if the report is true and that was on the table, and I I would imagine it's true. I think that came from Loge. Um, though it might have came from Shams, but either way, I mean, I I still think it was probably on the table. Um, but yeah, I I would think too. But here's the thing that you know after that they they uh, traded. Um, Temple and and Green for um uh, uh Avery, Avery Bradley. Bradley Yeah so like why would you do that who has like he's got like uh what 2 million dollars guaranteed next season um I I don't know why you would trade two expiring contracts for a guy who has 2 million dollars guaranteed next season if you weren't contemplating on keeping him I my my best guess is they're hoping that maybe they end up in the the you know lottery, um, and they end up getting like an RJ or a Cam, and then they could bring back Bradley. And if that doesn't happen, they cut Bradley. Because um, I do think Bradley kind of fits well next to Conley. Um, I do think that's a nice one-two punch. Um, but nevertheless, yeah, I mean, they're, they're like a lot of their decision making is, is very strange to me, but I, I agree if they end up at number, uh, six, I, I do think Culver would be the guy that they end up taking, um, you know, just because if you're going to trade Conley, you're probably going to trade him for another point guard because there's just like, there's not n- none of the teams out there who don't have point guards are teams that are like, non-rebuilding teams, and if you are a rebuilding team, you don't really want Mike Conley. Um, so, therefore, yeah, I w- I, w- I would think, like, let's say, like, you trade into the Pistons in the offseason you get Reggie Williams back. Well, you don't – like, yeah, you could take a point guard in that case and, like, have somebody – but, like, yeah, you would probably, because they want to compete immediately, you would probably still take a guy who, you know, more so – Fits next to him, and Culver seems to be that that kind of type. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm ultimately with you there. Um, so next, number seven, the Washington Wizards. It, it, it's interesting because it, it really all depends on what you do here with Bradley Beal. Same thing with the uh, with the Grizzlies. I, I'm going to go ahead and take Romeo Langford. Um, and 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 basically going to like hedge my bets and say like look I got Troy Brown who can play the 3 very well um well who can play the 3 we, we'll see if it's very well um if I take Lankford um you know that that could be my two of the future I'm stuck with John Wall um, cuz we're not going to trade him uh I'm going to try to trade Beal For, you know, something that I can get, I think that the market for Beal will be very nice um, after the uh, free agency period is settled because, like, all of those teams that missed out on those free agents are going to, like, really fucking be like, damn, we really need to upgrade our roster. Um, and if you have Beal on the market, he's going to be one of the best players on the market early in the season, like probably the second best short of Anthony Davis. Um, so I, yeah, I would take Langford and like start kind of building with young talent around John Wall simply because you don't have a choice, even though John Wall is not going to be there next season.
2: Um,
0: like, so like sign a cheap point guard to play for like one year, um, like whether it's a Jeremy Lin or Alfred Payton or whoever, um, but yeah, trade Beal, um, get as much value as you can out of him because I think um, this off season, after uh, essentially after you know free agency is done and Anthony Davis is moved, like that's going to be your most like optimal time to move him. Do I think the Wizards will do that? I don't know. I just – I don't know. I mean, it's no fucking telling with the Wizards and Ernie Grumfeld. Like, they make a lot of decisions that don't make sense. Um, Granted, I will say this. They did finally do what I said they should have done from the point that, you know, Wall got hurt and they just obviously weren't going to make the playoffs, which is get out of the luxury tax. They did do that. Um, so that does tell me they have, like, some logic. Um, so, I mean, that just makes a lot of sense to me. Um, take a really good shooting guard prospect, the best player available, in my opinion, at that point, and then, you know, possible fucking trade you can. resign Bobby Portis. Um, and then you got, like, a lot of good young talent around uh, John Wall and, you know, stay out of the luxury tax. And, at you know, at the point uh, at, at, after that season, um, after next season, you'll have uh, Mahemney and, and, and Howard coming off the books, and you'll just kind of be able to kind of reboot and try to fill in a bunch of young, cheap talent around John Wall and essentially, like, hope to still draw fans to the court with John Wall and young talent and kind of simultaneously rebuild while you wait for John Wall's contract to come off the books is <laughs> as, as depressing as that sounds uh, but I think if, ultimately I think it's your, your only option at this point um I mean what do you think
1: Luke um I I'm gonna disagree with you even though I, I feel I I completely understand what it and I understand the fake pick and all that but I don't feel like they're gonna trade Beal and all that and Brown kind of, my mind, fits the more of the shooting guard sometimes, even though he can play small forward. But um, who I actually think that would be pretty good with them, even with the teams, you know, if it's Wall and Beal constructed around them, they've needed a big – this guy has shot up the boards in me big time. I've been watching him lately for Texas. And that's Jackson Hayes. You need a big guy. I think he'd play really good for them. You know, when, if, they, if Grumfield and they do not want to move away from this situation with Wall and Beal – I feel like he would fit that team and, you know, help them out. But, I like I said, I understand the the length for pick and the smart moving forward. He's best available and all that. I just, I don't think they're thinking like that and they've been needing a big for a while. Yeah. He's been good center to play around them.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Like, while I disagree with you in the sense of what they should do, I don't necessarily disagree with you in what they will do. Um, Like, I think... If you're going to keep Beal and you're going to try to re-sign Ariza, um, and Jeff Green and, you know, all those guys, and you're going to keep Bobby Portis um, because, I mean, let's face it, like, Bobby Portis, you know, we, we heard all the reports about what um, Chicago offered him and, you know, it was one of the reasons they traded him. But Bobby Portis is not going to get big money on the market. They're not going to have to pay him. I mean, I would I would be surprised if it was more than twelve million dollars a season. Honestly, um, I just don't I just don't think there's a lot of teams out there that are going to covet uh, you know a Bobby Portis type because um, honestly, he's a role player and you don't want to pay a role player um, big money. Like we're not in that two thousand sixteen hemisphere anymore, um, so like. Yeah, I mean I, I could totally see that honestly. Um and I do like Jackson Hayes. He's he's risen up my board quite a lot. I think um on my latest big board I had him up at 13. Um and that was up 6 spots from the last big board. Um but uh but yeah, ultimately I I I'm not that high on him. Um he's still not even my number 1. Yeah, I still got Boltball ahead of him as far as like just because of like y- y- the All of the shit that has gone on with him, um, and and all of the you know uh, questions about his his ability to 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 stay healthy and everything. I mean, just just his potential. um, I think is 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 his ceiling is still a little higher. Um, But uh, yeah, I I don't put it past him. I can totally see that happening. Uh, But for our sake, we're gonna go with Romeo. Um, New Orleans,
1: eight, what do you got? New Orleans, um, I actually think, um, you know, this would fit them pretty well. Um, You know, if they do trade Anthony Davis, they're going to get a lot of players. that are going to fit the small forward position that they've been lacking. So I was kind of contemplating little, but just with him on North Carolina right now, they've really kind of just shadowed him and not really shown him. I feel like he'll do better than did. He's not been good, yeah. No, he's not, and he's not been taking advantage of I just don't think that team – he doesn't fit well with that team, and the spacing is just another issue for him. He, uh, right. So, But I'm going to go with the safe pick, and Darius Garland, man, um, even though he's injured, yeah. I feel like he fit really well next to Holiday, being a point guard. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if you trade Anthony Davis to any team, you're getting Kaden back and Brown. Or if you go to the Lakers, you're getting small forward and power forward positions, so it's like – you're getting, even with the Knicks, if they were to do that, if you get the Zion and the Knox, uh, dra- uh you know, trade, you're getting the other spots that you could draft. So Garland just makes sense to me, whatever decision they do. If they want to keep him playing, if Anthony Davis stays there, you get a good, pretty good point guard. I feel like um, he's, like I said, I mean, he came out of the Nike Hoop Summit really just showing people what he had. Um, want to say he had, like, comparisons to Chris Paul. Um, I only got to see one game. I mean, he only played four games, but I saw the one game, and he scored he scored in the high twenties. He definitely looked like he he knew what he was doing, and definitely when you're on the NBA, and being a point guard, you want to have control. He had it like a nice shot and all that, so I feel like that'd be the safe choice for them with the uh, with the eighth pick, whatever they do with, or if they trade Davis.
0: Yeah, no, I mean I agree with you. I mean I I I think you want to like. If you trade, well, if, like, when you trade Davis, um, you're, you're, you're going to, one way or another, want to have your point guard in the future. Um, I feel like maybe you have to go back to the Lakers, depending on what happens with Kyrie. Um, but, you know, it, it would be an actionable position for you to be in to already have a point guard. Um and, and to basically be like, I don't need Lonzo, so we can ship him off to a third team in any sort of deal um, and, you know, get back some good assets in return or, or whatever assets you can get back in return um, if you do have to go that route. Um, and he's already said he doesn't want to be in New Orleans. So, like, if even if you do have to trade with the Lakers, like, you don't necessarily want a guy who did, he's already said he doesn't want to be there. So, yeah, I mean, I I totally think Darius Garland is, is kind of the right pick, um, yeah, it, it, position regardless of Anthony Davis. Even like, I mean, I just think you you could like want to get a point guard who, you know, <laughs> could be your point guard of the future. Um, it just makes sense to me, uh, you know, for them at that at that particular position, um. He, he, like you said, he he wasn't able to play a lot of games, but in the games he did play, um, he he did well. He didn't average a lot of assists, three point four assists, not great, but twenty one points, uh, and averaged close to five rebounds. Um, so like that's that's kind of promising too. Like the fact that he's six three hundred seventy three pounds, like he's he's built well. Um, like yeah, I I I totally think. He'll be a very good NBA player. Um, He's clear-cut the second-best point guard in this draft um, by a large margin. Like, there's a huge drop-off between Darius Garland and the next best point guard in this draft. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I just like if you're New Orleans, you would be looking at drafting a point guard of the future and trading – Anthony Davis for a lot of ancillary pieces that you can fit with him, um, you know, to build with. So yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Orlando, this is interesting to me because there's a lot of different ways that they can go here. Um, Ultimately, I mean, I if I'm Orlando, I'm just going to take the best player available. Um. But I don't necessarily know who that is. And so I'm torn between two players. I'm torn between DeAndre Hunter, who is, like, very proven um, as far as he's played two seasons with Virginia to this point. He's really fucking good. I really like DeAndre Hunter a lot. I had him, uh, I want to say, in in the 20s in last year's mock um or in last year's rankings before um uh before he uh got his injury and, and basically said he was going to stay at Virginia for another year um but like there's also a part of me who who's like looking at Kevin Porter um and and like like looking at that like small sample size and saying ah, fuck man we could really use that that kind of guy um but ultimately, I'm if, if if I'm Orlando, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it a little bit safe. I'm gonna go with DeAndre Hunter. I think I just think he's you know what you're gonna get with him. Like you're not gonna get an All Star, but more, probably um, you might. But you're you're probably not gonna get an All Star with DeAndre Hunter. You might with Kevin Porter, but you also might get like a locker room headache. Um, guy who never pans out in in Porter, and, like, you're not going to get that in Hunter. You're going to get a guy who can play two through four, um, and uh, is just an all-around great player, team guy, uh, from all accounts that I've heard, is just, like, a super stand-up fucking dude. Uh, Like, I, I think if you're the Magic, like, that's essentially the kind of guy that you want for your team, um, especially considering your I mean, you get a lot of young guys, uh, and having, like, a young guy who, who's, like, maybe, quote, unquote, like an old soul type player to bring in m- makes a lot of sense for them. I just really like him for that team. I, I think you could play like i said you could play him at the 2 you could play him alongside Isaac Gordon and Bamba Vuchovic but, if they keep him um i mean you could also like play him as low as the 4 uh, in in and that could potentially give you freedom to move on from other people uh, but yeah i really like Hunter um on a lot of teams on really any team like Hunter is like one of those guys who i think like any team that drafts him will get, like, basically immediate results and contribution, and he will fit in well with any team. And it's rare that, like, you get a player like that in a draft, um, especially, like, a a top ten player. Um, And he fits that bill to me, and I I just really like him uh, for any team. But, like I said, if if all of those top eight guys uh, are off the board, I'm, as the Magic, I'm going to go with him. What do you think?
1: No, yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with you. I mean, you took my safe bet pick. I mean, he's been for a lot of teams. I'm like, well, so-and-so-and-so is gone. Here we go. So, the Magic <laughs> are very interesting, what they're doing, because, I mean, yes, they got bolts, but they've still been needing a point guard and all that, even to put next to bolts and all that. So, they're going to strike out again, it's like, the one position that there's already stacked in is like the bigs, but it's just like i I can't disagree with you just because he's just a fake pick for them, and it'd be funny what? you know if they I feel like they'll move on for Busevich, which should be smart of them, even though they'll probably do a magic move and sign him for a max contract and some nonsense uh, like that, and who knows what they're doing with Mo Bama, with Mo Bamba. but it'd be funny they if they traded Busavic
0: to a deadline if they had
1: any first-round pick
0: conversation.
1: Yeah, but I feel like, you know, they will trade Busevich, and then next year, Aaron Gordon will have this, like, really good year as they're like, we really want to play this Hunter kid, but Gordon's also doing decent now, so like I said, Magic are interesting. Um, They definitely need to get something, and I feel like like you said, he can play the four, the three, or the two, so he he just fits a lot of things that they can do. Um
0: yeah you know who you know
2: who who he
0: reminds me of um Wilson Chandler before he got like all hobbled and lost five steps like like remember Wilson Chandler when he played for the knicks and early on when he played for denver like he could play two through four um he was like really solid defensively could shoot could guard um could could like create his own shot could also shoot off the dribble like just very versatile like that's who he reminds me of and like if you're getting a Wilson Chandler like in his prime at number ten, nine, uh number 9 um like that's not that bad like um especially in like a draft that's considered not a great draft um I I think he could be better than that but I think like that's
1: that's ultimately who he
0: kind of reminds me of. Yeah, I mean, do you kind of see what I'm coming from
2: there?
1: No, yeah, I mean, uh, like, when you said that, it kind of reminded me when Wilson Chandler, went over to Denver Nuggets, you know, who kind of fell out of, like, the the Farid, I mean, you know, he was the mammal before Wilson Chandler really got over there, and then, like, you kind of saw Wilson Chandler at a young age, like, so, no, I agree with you right there. Um, Like I said, Magic are an interesting team, and then, who I have next is a very interesting team in Miami heat. It's like, what are you doing? Um, right. You got a lot of players, your point, your shooting guard. And, well, I mean, I guess you have Dion waiters to that long. Well, not, I don't know how much longer it is, but, um, so two years. So it's interesting what they want to do. They, you know, their point guards going up, but there's no really good point guard. Um, are you trading white side? So, they're another team. You have a lot of small forwards and power forwards. So what are you doing in there? So um, they were kind of tough, but I'm just going to go with the safe pick for them. And um, even though, like you said, he, he really could be a locker room nightmare, what, he, what happened with him, USC and getting dismissed. But Kevin Porter, it'd be funny with him and Dion Waiters butting heads, but I feel like he could help that team. <laughs> Um, you know, compete. Uh, little I thought about, but like I said, they got a lot of small forwards, power forwards, and all that, and all that, so at least Kevin Porter can play the shooting guard and the small forward, so if you want to run small and all that stuff, so it right. just makes sense mm-hmm. for me. It's just, the Heat are just in a tough spot where they have a lot of one spot. They have some people coming up on you know, free agency this year, so they make some trades, so it'll be interesting what they do, but I feel like just the the safe pick for them is Kevin Porter.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you
1: there. I mean, I,
0: I think my one other kind of person that I would throw out is Nazir Little, um, but <laughs> I have more faith in Kevin Porter's small sample size than I do Nazir Little's like larger sample size. Like he just hasn't been able to. I mean, it. it fuck, man. Like preseason he was like the third overall pick. Um you know, like I mean it was it was I think going into the season it was R J, then Zion, then then uh little. Um and that has shifted like dynamically. Um so uh yeah, I mean I don't disagree with you. I think I think Porter would be a, a very smart pick there. There's a lot of people um who have dropped Porter down um a a lot of places uh because of you know i mean it it is lack of uh play and uh, everything else um i think tankathon currently has him uh at, at like 19 overall or some shit like that um and i i just don't get that i mean i i, I mean i get um the trepidation with with all of the the uh issues but like we don't know what the issues are. So, like, without really knowing what they are, I don't, I don't think you can really golf them that much. Um, and I, at one point, had him as high as five. <laughs> so, uh, like, right right up until he got suspended, I was, like, that high on him. I was like, dude, this kid's fucking good. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I, I I, think that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I, I, I think as far as the heat are concerned, uh, my biggest thing wouldn't be Dion; it'd, it'd be Josh Richardson. It'd be like, how does he fit with Richardson? Um, but I, I ultimately think they could coexist with one another. I think having those two guys is like a tandem on the wing. You have one on the left side, one on the right side. Um, and you got Dragic bringing down the ball, at least for one more season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that makes sense. And I think, it, to me, like, you're, if you're the heat you're you're trying to like somebody who you think uh, you know could could be a home run um, because you need that you don't have a lot of your picks going in the future and so you want somebody who could be a home run because that's what you really need because you don't you don't have um, you can't take the safe pick when you don't have um, the ability to to go for the home run in the future so like yeah i i I think it makes a lot of sense for them uh for my hawks at number 11 i i think we should just double down on our wings um and i think that's probably what we will do um there's an argument to be made for bull bull um but man his injuries just just really concern me um I, the fact that he's what seven two seven three, that skinny. He's already got like injury issues. I I'm not I'm not going in for that. I just I think um, if nothing else, like I would rather just like the way the league's going. Like if if need be, like we'll just have John Collins play the five. Like I'm not that worried about getting a center. Um, I'm gonna take Nazir Little. Uh, if he's available at 11. Uh, he's got a lot of potential. Like, I mean, we, we've we said a couple times on the spot, like, he has very much underachieved and has not gotten the, the, the kind of playing time that we expected him to get at UNC. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, he's still got a lot of potential. He, he He's, like, physically, he's a fucking beast. Um and, you know, I mean, I just think, again, like, he's the kind of guy who, like, fits a lot of positions. Um, I, I, I'd i much rather have DeAndre Hunter. Um, but, you know, if if, if he's not available, uh, I'm going to go with, like, that other kind of wing player, um, simply because, you know, if if I'm picking at 5 and 11, and I can get two wings, one at 5 and one at 11, like let me draft two wings and hope one of them pans out really well. Um, like, because that's what this league is made up of now is, is really good wing players. And it just makes sense to me. Like, fuck it. Like, let's just draft two of them. Hopefully one of them pans out really well. And the one who doesn't like, fuck it. Like we, we had two chances that that, that's what we made the, the Trey Luca trade for was the fact to get more chances at getting what we need. And what we need is, like, a really, like, really good wing player. So, you know, if we don't get, you know, the the RJ or, you know, Zion, he's more of a big than a wing, but nevertheless, um, like, then draft two wing players in that top 11, you know, hemisphere and, and see, you know, which one of them really pans out. And it's just how I think about it. What do you think?
1: Um, I mean, I agree with you um, in the aspect of he's the next best available player. He had a lot of hype coming in. Um, like I said, he's kind of been lost in North Carolina. Um, as for me, I wouldn't draft him. I mean, you know, I've been talking about bowl bowl for you. But, I mean, again, if you don't feel safe on Bola bowl I'd go with Jackson Hayes. I just think Huckley to center. They need someone to play you yeah, You
0: already you – already- you already had Washington taking him.
1: Did I have Washington taking oh, him? Oh, that's
0: right. No, 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 you no, did, I, but I, I selected for Washington, so he's still available. Yeah,
1: I was going to yeah, say, uh, like, I would have done it for yeah. Washington as well. But, um, no, but yeah. like I said, I mean, little little could have been earlier in the year. I mean, what he did in the McDonald's All-American game, playing against all guys, you know, that he's in the. he definitely showed a lot more, and that's why he was so hyped. And then, like I said, he, just, he joined the North Carolina team where um, I can't think of the coach's name, which is really funny. Me, but I just don't think that he's really used to this one and done kind of thing where, you know, Little was like, hello, recruiting, let me get my minutes. I'm going to be a top draft and I'll get out of here. And he was like, hey, listen, that's not how we do things at North Carolina. So I think that's what hurt him. So, you know, in the end, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not mad. Like you said, you got to hit somewhere on your wings and. If you're selecting five and eleven, might as well try to go for it twice if you don't feel comfortable at Bowl of or Jackson Hayes.
0: Yeah, and that's ultimately how I feel. Like I just I feel like like worse comes to worse you can play John Collins at the center. Like <laughs> but um yeah, I mean I, I I don't necessarily think Hayes would be a bad bet. I'd rather have Hayes, honestly I'd rather I'd rather take Hayes than I wouldn't at this point, um, I like Bull's game a lot. Um, his injuries just really concern me. Like, I I don't want to take a guy who's not going to play because of injury, um, and and I mean, that it just scares the shit out of me. But we got ten minutes. We got four more picks to go, and we need to break down this uh, Sixers um, Philly. So let's like let's um, really streamline this. side. Right, Minnesota. Who you got?
1: Uh Minnesota was tough for me, but. They need a power forward. They need to put someone around, you know, call up any town, um, just because all the other p- positions and what we selected. I went with the Gonzaga power forward. And even though Brandon Clark's been really proving himself lately, and I might kind of – I went with the other power forward that's been kind of big in Rio Hachiburra. Really? Um Yeah. I just feel like he – He's got a lot to learn in the game. He's still very young and raw, but that's nothing that should shy them away from not pairing him up with towns. You need a power forward. Even though Brandon Clark kinda of looks like right now, the more fundamental one right now, but I just I don't know, I kinda of like Ruby. Yeah, I mean I, I, I see where they are coming from. I I don't
0: necessarily think you need a power forward though. I mean they got um they got a uh, uh, they traded for uh, fucker. What's his name from Philly? Um, they
1: Sarge? traded for Covington. Yeah, but I feel like and Sarge. Like yeah. they Yeah, they'll move on from Gibson, move Sarge up, and now you have a guy coming off the bench.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get you. I I I feel like
1: they probably need uh,
0: some some guard help more. I I would go with uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker out of Virginia. Um, I just think he he, he kind of fits uh, a little more of what they need, but I hear you there. Um, uh, Lakers, um, fuck man, it it's tough. I if I'm the Lakers, I would probably take Bol Bo just because, um, like why not? <laughs> like just take him and, and, and see what happens. There's a part of me that doesn't want to do that just because they're not a rebuilding team, and so they they don't have necessarily that the. the the, the time to commit to, like, um, bringing him along, um, you know, so maybe I, I would just take Jackson Hayes and that, at that point. You know what, fuck it. I'm, actually, I'm just going to take Jackson Hayes because I, I feel like he's somebody you can to play immediately, and you know what you're going to get. bubble like, you, you, you're going to have to, like, bring him along. And, and Like, you're hoping you can trade him, and maybe you can't because of the injuries and everything. Like, just take Jackson Hayes. Like, you, you're you going to get somebody who's going to contribute immediately. So, yeah, I'm going to go Hayes.
1: Wow. They were sticking me right there. I mean, you screwed over my L.A. team. I was totally going to take Jackson Hayes, if you were. But <laughs> hopefully the Clippers don't do the wrong thing like they did last year pass up on a highly recruited prospect just because he's got a little injuries. You're picky 14th at the end of the lottery, so might as well just go for the guy outside and go take Bola-Bola. There you go. You know, might as yep. well go take him. So, I was going to take Hayes. It was it was one of the two centers, so I was going to go, I, I kind of like Hayes with them. I just feel like he's more fast and all that. But like I said, don't strike out on a second time on a, a player that has some injuries when he has a lot of upside. Yeah.
0: Yeah, dude, could you imagine if they had fucking Porter on their team too? Like, fuck. That team would, like, Shea Gilgis, Porter, and if they, like, got Bull, like, <laughs> Like the, at the, the least like the 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 probability of that team ever being good is it's probably not great, but the like the 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 talent that you would have at least is is fucking gargantuan. Um, so yeah, no, I agree with you. I I I think somebody's gonna take a flyer on a bowl. Um, I'm not sure who it is, just because there's not that many teams in Ener Center. I gotta honestly. Like see the pelicans doing it even um but uh and, and maybe even the wizards if they if they fall back a couple slots. um i i and maybe my hawks uh with the dallas pick i i I just personally would i I feel like we need an elite wing, and I feel like if you can draft two wings and try to see one of those guys become elite um i I just feel like that that the better the better play for us at this point. Um, but anyway, let's uh, the, the Celtics are about to play the Sixers. Um, and that was primarily the re- reason why we did this show at 630. In fact not primarily. it was the only reason we did the show at 6:30 um, because Lord knows we're gonna watch this game. Uh, so Kyrie's not playing. Um, or at least that's uh, from, from everything we've heard, he's not playing. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, how badly do you think the Sixers need to win this game?
1: I don't know. I mean, um, like I said, um, we were talking earlier about this. I feel like the team that yeah. needs to win this the most is the Sixers. Especially yeah. if Kyrie doesn't play. This is So you just made all these trades and all that. And you haven't beat the Celtics at all this season. So if they're not healthy right now and you go in there
2: and Mm -hmm.
1: you can't even beat them with this new team you did without Kyrie Irving, I mean, this is going to be a big blow. I feel like the Celtics can lose this because they don't really, this game doesn't matter for them. What they're looking forward to is the all-star break, getting away from each other, really working on the game, getting out there, going to all-star weekend. Some of them have that chance, you know, participating in the thing. So, that's what I feel like the Celtics are just like, we need to just get to the all-star break and all that and get away from each other and all that, where the Sixers are like, all right, we just made all these big moves and all that. We lost our first game, but now, you know, we beat the Lakers, so we got to really prove something. So I feel like the pressures. is Did on. they lose their first game? Um,
0: I don't think they've lost since they acquired uh, Harris.
1: Oh, I thought they lost the first game back. Maybe they haven't. I don't, I don't
0: know why, think
1: so. so. Maybe they haven't, but like I said. It's just it, it puts of pressure on them that's a Okay. But it just it put pressure on them that they made this trade for a reason to, you know, show these teams so if they cannot be a Celtics list, we because 'cause we're missing more than just Irving. We don't have Baines. There's a lot of bigs that are hurt on our team, so we're right now, we're just trying to make it to the all star break where they're trying to like make a point and go into the all star afterwards and carry off that momentum. So I feel like the Sixers have a lot of pressure on them right now. Uh well for this game yes. And and
0: yes, they they haven't lost since uh acquiring Harris. They've only played two games, but they've won both of them. Um I I I think that uh I'm agree with you. I, I think this is a must win for the Sixers. Um if for no other reason than like you you have to beat the Celtics. Like, you have to prove that you can beat the fucking Celtics because um, you arguably had the better team last year in the playoffs. Um and, and though, like, all of those five games were, like, really good close games, or at least four out of the five of them were. I think one of them was maybe a little lopsided lost, lost in the Celtics' favor. Um But, like, you still got beat 4-1 in the playoffs to the Celtics. Um in a series that m- multiple people, including myself, were like, the Sixers probably should win this series. Uh, they lost them twice this season. Like, you have to win this game, regardless of w- whether Kyrie plays or not, especially if Kyrie doesn't play, though. Um, <clears throat> you have to win this game. So the pressure is all on the Sixers right now. Um, not to mention, the Sixers... Are only one game up on the Celtics right now. Uh, if they lose this game, they're now tied, and the Celtics move into fourth place, the Sixers back to fifth because the Celtics would own the tiebreaker. So, like, even another reason why the pressure is all on the Sixers. Um, I fully expect the Sixers to win this game simply because, um, you know, Kyrie's not supposed to be available. And with all these new acquisitions, they seem to be playing really well. Um, but, yeah, like all of the pressure is on the Sixers. Um, we'll see if they can get it done. We'll see if the, the Celtics, um, you know, can, can essentially kind of rally because they've, they've been, um, you know, a, a little bit shaky as of late no. after losing um, the last couple games uh, in, in a sort of weird fashion um real quick we got about a minute left um wh- what do you look for uh you know for your celtics um all all this talk about them not gelling um what do you look for for them going down the last stretch of the season
1: uh more team ball um having fun not a lot of people trying to like you know uh, make money worrying about you know making money out of the contracts and all that just really going back to Playing team ball and having fun with each other and all that. So, I mean, I know it's kind of cliche and what they've been going through, but I feel like the all star, everyone was kind of compete and all that, trying to make an all star thing and poster like, get more money this summer, but right now they know where they're at. So now they need to just play really good team ball, prove that they can win the playoffs and try to get money in pre agency that way.
0: Yeah. No, I man, I totally agree. Couldn't have said it any better myself.
1: Uh, but anyway.
0: Let's, uh, let's go check out this game. It's going to be a fun one. And uh, we'll see you guys on Thursday. Uh, be sure to check out uh, Wrestling Geek's Alliance tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Uh, and we'll see you with Geek Vibes live on Sunday. Uh, but until then,
1: peace.